welcome to I See Star Wars, a podcast about vintage Star Wars action figures. I am your host, Michael Havens, creator of The Imperial Commissary. Come with me, I will be your guide as we journey through the incredible universe of vintage Star Wars collectibles. Well, it couldn't have been that bad because you came back to listen to IC Star Wars Episode 2, Buying and Selling to Grow Your Collection. We're going to talk about ePay, the IC, auctions, and the wild. We're also going to talk about the big topic on the IC this week, high prices and the slowdown in Minon card sales. Our special guest star for this week is going to be Eric Netarostic. He's a good friend of mine and sold me my very first 21-back Boba Fett when I joined the Facebook groups a bunch of years ago. So without further ado, let's jump right in and start talking about buying and selling vintage Star Wars to grow your collection. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Well, we all start in the same place. Uh, we all start not knowing what we're going to be doing, what we're going to be collecting, but we know that we love vintage Star Wars. So what do we do? We go first to eBay. Wonderful eBay. And eBay, as much as people give it gruff, it is the biggest supermarket of vintage Star Wars on the planet. People buy and sell on eBay, especially when you start my very first uh, Luke Skywalker in Stormtrooper disguise that my wife bought me to get me back into collecting uh, about six, seven years ago now. Uh, was from eBay. She got it for me for Christmas, which is wonderful. eBay gives the opportunity for people that are not part of the community yet to go out there and to find some things. There is a problem with eBay, though. Since Vintage Star Wars is not really something that people outside of our collecting world believe is a collectible. So when you get a new Boba Fett for 30 bucks, eBay doesn't really care whether the weapon's real or not. They don't really care how perfect the description of the item was. All they care about is that the deal was done and that the customer got the item that they bought from the pictures that they saw. It's very hard to get refunds off of eBay and it's even harder to sell off of eBay. Once you decide to move on with your collection and start uh, buying and selling in order to increase your collection, then you start moving away from eBay. And the reason why you start moving away from eBay is because they charge you exorbitant fees. And as your collection starts to grow, your reputation in the community grows along with it. So then you have people to talk to, you have people to reach out to, you have people to buy, sell, and trade with that don't require you to go through a third-party site like eBay. That's where somewhere like the IC comes in. You will start using web pages like the IC and other Facebook groups to buy, sell, trade, and grow your collection. The reason why you start to use these groups is because many of them support a no-repro policy. Many of them hold a lot more accountability than eBay does. It's not some faithless name with one feedback. It's somebody who hangs out in the community, is a friend of many people, and therefore is held accountable by the reputation. And they build these reputations with their Facebook profile, so therefore it's their real-life profile as opposed to eBay, where it could literally be anyone at all in the world just selling items. And that's what makes eBay so massive, but that's also what makes eBay so dangerous. So people start coming to places like the IC, so they get that warm, fuzzy feeling that their item is not going to be reproduction. 
that they're going to get what they paid for. And if they don't, they have the ability to come to somebody like me, an admin or a moderator of the IC or one of these other groups, and that admin or moderator will check into it. And they will fight your fight for you and make sure that it all comes out okay. If it doesn't come out okay, then that person gets banned and their name gets burnt in the community, so they're not able to do it to others. It's actually grown so much that very seldom do we actually get scammers anymore because it's such a tight-knit community. 99.9% .9 of the time, you can reach out to a friend of a friend who will give you a reference for whomever you're buying from. And if you can't do that, there is always the wonderful option of PayPal Goods and Services. What PayPal Goods and Services allows you to do is pay for your bill, buy your item, and then it gives you 120 days to go back and fight it. If something's wrong, if it doesn't ship, if the person disappears, you can go back and fight it. That's only if you use Goods and Services. If you use the Friends and Family option on PayPal, there is no coverage. It is essentially just giving a $20 bill to some random person in the street. Now, if that random person ends up being a friend you've known for six months, eight months, two years, 10 years, then it's no big deal and you can pay PayPal friends and family. But if it's somebody new or somebody you don't know or somebody you can't tie down a real true rep on, you have the option to go goods and services and then you aren't going to get ripped off so if you ever feel weird about it at all and you can't get any references demand goods and services it's only three percent you can even offer to pay it even on a bid ticket item three percent is really not that much last but absolutely not least is the very best way to find your vintage star wars for your collection with a great deal the wild now, when I say the wild, people say, oh, what's the wild? How do you find the wild? How do you hunt the wild? Well, I'm going to give you some tips. And the reason why I'm going to give you some tips is because hunting the wild isn't about knowing where to go. It isn't about secret codes or secret societies or backward handshakes. It is all about physically getting up and going out and doing it. Now, what I mean by getting up, going out and doing it is by getting up and hunting. Every day you hunt. Don't go to yard sales with a Yankees jersey on. Go to yard sales with a Star Wars shirt on. If it could be a picture of a vintage Star Wars toy, all the better. Get a business card. Get something, anything, that you can hand out on a regular basis. Business cards are great. You can get them from Vistaprint for like a dollar. Get a bunch of business cards, and then that way, if you run into somebody and you do get to talking about Star Wars, and they say, hey, oh, my friend Bill has a great vintage Star Wars collection, man, and he was trying to get rid of it, you have something to give that person. And if just one of those business cards gets you one wild find, it's worth the $20 fee to buy business cards. So I highly suggest business cards. I also highly suggest always talking about it. You do not know whether someone at your church, someone at a carnival, someone uh, sitting next to you on a bus is into vintage Star Wars. Shoot, I got one of my best finds from a guy that I happened to meet while I was sitting on a plane flying up to Boston about four years ago. And he called me up two years later because I gave him one of my business cards. I have some really cool ones, actually. Mine are, uh, I buy them from Tops, and if you've seen them, you'll know what they are. But on the back, they have everything I do. And he reached out to me a couple years later, and he said, Hey, man, uh, I have some vintage Star Wars stuff. We were talking on a plane. I don't know if you remember me. And I said, of course I remember you, because <laughs> that's always what you say. And uh, he said, I have your info, and I'd like to see if you'd like to look at this stuff. So I said yes, and it was actually a bunch of men on card figures. And uh, I got a few in there that I really, really wanted for my collection. 
And then the rest I was able to get rid of on the IC. But people ask me all the time what the trick is. And the only trick is A, B, H. Always be hunting. That means talk to anybody you meet. I don't care if they're checking you out at a Burger King. You speak to them. And you talk to them about vintage Star Wars. I like to wear vintage Star Wars stuff wherever I go. That way people just talk to you about it. Somebody says nice shirt, they're getting a business card. And that's the way you should be too. Because the more you get your name out there, and the more it becomes known that you love vintage Star Wars and you're willing to pony up cash on a random Tuesday for a bunch of quote-unquote junk to some other people, people that don't collect, it's... A wonderful thing and people will come out of the woodwork in order to find you now it's not easy it's not simple it's not a 100% effective way to always purchase your Star Wars but if you put in the time I guarantee you it's like a batting average in baseball you don't have to get a hit every single time you walk to the plate if you get a hit only 33% of the time that you actually go out and try to find vintage Star Wars, you're going to have a massive collection by the end of the summer. And that's what you have to do. You have to keep plugging at it. You have to go look through a ton of bins with Ninja Turtles. It's even worse for me because a lot of vintage collectors collect many vintage items. They'll collect Ninja Turtles or Star Wars or Castle Skulls or He-Man or... G.I. Joe or any of that. Me, personally, I only collect vintage Star Wars. So every single time you go out to a wild find and you don't find any Star Wars, but you find a G.I. Joe or you find a Ninja Turtles or Transformers or something like that, just think about poor Mike that walks to all those same sales and is only looking for vintage Star Wars. So my batting average for wild finds is way closer to the 100s. Whereas if you collect many different items from the 80s, you can raise that average up pretty high. But either way, if you do not go up to the plate, you do not have a chance to hit. And that's the real trick. People like to complain. People like to think that some magical spell has been cast that allows people like myself to find stuff in the wild. But when I post up a wild find on the IC, if you think about it, it's once every other month or every few months and they're not massive and it's not 95 vinyl cape jawas but you know what a darth vader head full with loose complete is worth a lot of money now and that's going to take us into the next segment which is the biggest current topic on the imperial commissary and it's quote unquote high prices now i've talked about it on the ic and i've talked about it on many other pages and i've commented till i'm blue in the face and as with every single thing on the planet that is an opinion, there will be people who do not agree. And that's okay. Everybody can collect how they want to collect. Here is my opinion of the quote-unquote high prices on Facebook, on eBay, stuff like that. No matter what an item is, if the price is too high, it will not sell. This is basic economics. It's Economics 101. We all know this from the very first day we want to buy, sell, or trade baseball cards when we're little kids. Or Star Wars. Or we go into a Dunkin' Donuts and buy a coffee. Or a... We can all sit here and we can take a trip down memory lane and we can remember when donuts cost 25 cents. And our parents can remember when donuts cost a nickel. Or less than a nickel. Or you could go to a movie for a nickel. Gallon of gasoline used to cost 99 cents when I got my first car. It was a Mercury Cougar V8. I got about three miles to a gallon, and I didn't care because gas was dirt cheap. 
The world has changed. Money, the actual money in your pocket is not worth what it used to be. So what happens is people see that and they go, okay, I want to buy vintage Star Wars. No one wants Yak Face because he's the coolest character there is. Shoot, he's missculpt. He's 10 feet tall. He can't fit in hardly any of the vehicles. His weapon is a giant stick. He looks like Joe Camel. He's not a cool figure. There is nobody out there who goes, well, I'm sure there's somebody out there, but there is nobody out there, quote unquote, that goes, Yak Face is the very best figure of the line. I want Yak Face because he's Yak Face and he's so cool because his part in Return of the Jedi was pivotal. No one says that. And the reason why no one says that is because it wasn't. Yak Face was a nothing character in the back corner of a nothing part of a very good movie, but he had nothing to do with the actual plot lines of the script. So, why do you want a Yak Face? Well, a Yak Face completes a collection. Uh, okay. It completes a collection. Fair enough. But, it was only released in Europe, Canada, and Australia. So if you're in America, it does not complete a collection. So every single person with a Yak Face in their collection in America is well aware that the Yak Face is in their collection because it is the hard one to get. It is the most valuable figure. Way back in the early 90s, when I was still in the beginning part of high school, there was this place in Torrington, Connecticut called My Mother Threw Mine Away. I've talked about it before on the other podcasts. I've talked about it on the IC a little bit. And if you've met me in person, we've talked about it before too. And the reason why we've talked about it is because it had the very first Yak Face I ever saw in my life. It was a loose yak face, and way back in the early 90s, it was sitting on his shelf at My Mother Threw Mine Away, and it was $100. That was the price tag on it. Now, at that time, this is still when you could buy a B-Wing pilot for like $5. So a yak face carried a massive value way back then. I was never able to afford it with all my lawn mowing jobs because I was never able to hold on to money that long to save up that much way back then. And I finally got my first Yak Face only a couple years ago. And I think it cost me $300. And I think the price that Yak Face is holding right about there, I think is at $3,350 now. So as far as massively increasing prices, I don't really see it. Unless we're going to talk about massively increasing prices due to factors that impact the community that were not originally t intended for that reason. Um, for example, Princess Leia passing away, Carrie Fisher. When she passed away, obviously Princess Leia items go up. That's because many people that love the princess before and haven't been Star Wars collectors or thinking about Star Wars for a long time, all of a sudden come back to the market and they start buying up the Leia stuff. So piece after piece of Leia items gets bought. What happens is the market then has a decrease in the amount of Leia items available. The thing is, is the market still wants more Leia items. So what happens is the price keeps increasing. As the price increases to these astronomical numbers now, where Leia's are, I think, about 200 bucks, 180, 200 bucks a piece, what happens is people that collect them start pulling them out of their collection and selling them. What you're actually doing is you are forcing somebody to sell an item they don't really want to sell, but it's so much money they can't pass it up. So all of a sudden, out of a black hole collection that has no desire to sell, a Leia pops up. Another Leia pops up. I've never sold a Princess Leia, white cape Princess Leia with a black blaster for more than $25. I've given them away before. They didn't used to command this price. The thing is, is now my wife collects them. 
and I'm paying 150 bucks a pop, and that's because I hunt and I have a price point. But if there's a white cape Leia with a black blesser, I'm happy at $150. I'm psyched at $125, and I have never sold one for more than 25 bucks. That's what a market does. The price of things go up, whether it's coffee, whether it's soda, whether it's gasoline and people say when because we talked about this on the ic and people say oh well you can't really compare it to gasoline because that's a modern consumable and blah, blah 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 you can compare it to gasoline because it is a modern consumable gasoline you can go get gasoline the, the barrels millions of barrels come into this country every single year so it's constantly being produced millions of boba fets did not come into this country last year and if they did, they were modern and made by Hasbro. Certainly not Kenner Vintage Boba Fett's. These are an item that they do not make any more of. So, of course, their price is going to increase. Then comes in a mouse. And now this mouse says, hey, George Lucas, I'm going to give you $4 billion to buy your Star Wars franchise and to make it into a monster. Now, we all saw Spaceballs because we all grew up around the same time, and nobody that is really into Star Wars doesn't catch Spaceballs at one point. And if you haven't, I highly suggest you watch it because it's pretty funny. Merchandising, merchandising. That's what's going on with Star Wars, and it's wonderful. And the reason why it's wonderful is because 40 years ago, George Lucas came out with a movie that made all our lives wonderful, that we all hang on to even to this day. Shoot, I watched uh, New Hope on Sunday it's i i watch it all the time many of us do and we build a life or at least a recreational life around this saga of star wars movies tell me anything else from 40 years ago that you can walk into any store on the planet and i mean any store i don't care if it's walgreens or a dollar general and you can find star wars items that's crazy let that sink in just for a second 40 years ago, a movie came out that was so monumental that 40 years later, it was the biggest selling toy at Christmas. Now, granted, it was Lego, but it still doesn't change the fact that Star Wars Lego was at the top of all the Lego lists. And every kid I know has Star Wars blankets and pillows and coffee cups and my creamer had Boba Fett on it for six months. Star Wars is everywhere and it's worldwide. It's not an American product anymore. It is an international monster. And it's wonderful. And the reason why it's wonderful because it puts a lot of people watching to make sure it doesn't fail. Watching to make sure it doesn't fall apart. And when places like Sotheby's, one of the most well-respected auction houses in the world, does a private auction, uh, that uh, Nego auction where it was all vintage Star Wars and then some Master Replica stuff, and he made a whole bunch of money. When a place like Sotheby's starts selling vintage Star Wars, it transcends from old-school, heartfelt, vintage nostalgia to a product. It is now a product. It has a value. It is like stamps. It is like wine. Matter of fact, the Financial Times, which is one of the most respected newspapers in the entire world, put out an article about three months ago that compared vintage Star Wars items directly to wine and stamps as far as a great investment. So we have people that are using this as a massive investment opportunity for the future as well. So all these things have a monetary value, and everything goes up. And the reason why I would like to say, I hate it. <laughs> I would much rather everything be cheap. 
One of the reasons why is because of the way I like to collect. Shoot, I love Boba Fett. Boba Fett is insanely expensive. I'm not going to complain about it because I still buy it. But it doesn't matter if it's insanely expensive or not if you pay the market price. And now that we've crossed over into the 40th anniversary, it makes it very easy to put the label on these items as high-end collectibles. The reason why is because more and more often, there's $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 items without breaking a sweat. They come up quite often. One of the most hyped items in the world currently is what I'm trying to actually, we're talking about buying and selling to grow your collection. I'm trying to currently sell to grow my collection. I want a rocket firing Boba Fett. This was a prototype that came out. It never was actually released in production, but Kenner went all the way through the prototype process of making this figure. So there are some very plain blue ones. There are some L slots where the slot for the rocket, uh, the rocket tab goes in an L. There's J ones where it comes down and goes around a J shape and therefore locks the rocket in place. There's ones that are painted like official factory ready to go paint jobs. There are blue ones there. I've seen yellow ones. I've seen, there's a million different kinds and I don't even know if I've seen a yellow one. I think I did see a yellow one. I think, uh, on plastic galaxy, I saw a yellow one anyway. There's a whole bunch of them. There's definitely more than five. There's definitely more than 50. The thing is, is they control a massive price. Over at San Diego Comic-Con this week, there was a rocket-firing Boba Fett that will be going up for auction um, in November, actually. It's going to be going up for auction in November, and a lot of people have been shooting me the emails and the texts and the PMs that say, oh, you know, Hake's Americana and Collectibles auction in November is going to have this rocket-firing Boba Fett, and I know you're hunting for one. Yes, I am hunting for a rocket-firing Boba Fett. I hope, beyond hope, that I'm able to sell off some stuff in order to get one before that auction, because they've been advertising that auction since before Celebration. When an auction is that advertised, I'm going to be competing against, like, Leonardo DiCaprio and Rick Springfield, and I'm never going to have pockets that deep. But, knowing the people I know in the community, I've already seen at least seven or eight rocket fets that have come up for sale or trade, and eventually, with me being part of the community and me trying to hunt very hard, and me building up my war chest for this rocket fet, I will get one. Maybe it won't be the auction one, maybe it will be the auction one, but I seriously doubt it because those things are so overhyped. And that has become a new way of hunting. It's not always hunting the wild anymore because everybody from my mom to, to Captain Kirk knows that vintage Star Wars is worth money. So it's a little bit harder to find it nowadays than it used to be. The thing is, all these factors drive up the price of anything. Go look for anything that is 40 years old. Shoot, they are selling Big Mac sauce on eBay for $10,000. It was a Big Mac sauce giveaway. It's in an actual bottle. It costs 10 grand. I actually just bought the knockoff one or the semi knockoff one from Canada for $8 plus $4 shipping for Big Mac sauce. This is something you get for free on a Big Mac if you go to McDonald's. Now, the reason why I did that is because I wanted it. So I had to get it from Canada because it's not available in America. All these factors add on to the price of any item. Whenever you're looking for a vehicle or a house, or a, it's all about location. It's all about how many there are. It's all about how many the market has currently that you have access to choose from. And then factors like money come into it. 
where it's, ah, oh, this one's cheaper, that's a better deal, that's the one I'm going to go with. Which is the same way with Vintage Star Wars, and that's how you hunt. You pick a price point, and you stick to it. And you search, and you hunt, and you go to the wild, and you watch auctions, and you watch eBay at 3 in the morning, until you find what you want for your price tag. Or, you go right to the auction house, and you go bid on the rocket-firing Boba Fett that has been advertised for a year and a half. It is from Hanks, or Hakes, H-A-K-E apostrophe S, Americana and Collectibles Auction. It's happening in November, and I have already seen this advertised 30, 40 times. So that means that millions of people know this thing's happening. Which means that every single bidder that has any ideas of a rocket fet, whether or not they're even in the game for the actual market price of it, are going to bid on this. Therefore, it's going to go up. Now, I'm not sitting there stomping my feet saying, it's too much money, it's too much money. No, it will sell for whatever it's worth because it's been properly advertised and therefore it'll sell for a very good price. I probably won't be able to afford it by the time it stops bidding. The thing is, is I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I should be given a rocket-firing Boba Fett for $7. I should be given it for $7. It's nostalgia. I collect Boba Fett. I really, really want one, and that's the only fair way, is for me to get it for $7 because it's a nostalgic toy. It is not a collectible. And anybody who says that is lying to themselves. So if you wanted Leia all of a sudden, and you didn't think about it until after she passed, you're going to have to wait some time for that price to come back down. The reason why is because literally right now, I have, I don't know, 9, 10 Leia's. Andrea is collecting Leia's, and she also collects Jawa's. If anybody out there is holding any Leia's and Jawa's wants to move them, let me know. Buy, sell, trade for them. But anyway, Andrea is collecting Leia's. She has about, I don't know, 7 to 10 White Cape Leia's. White Cape Leia's are commanding a fortune. Why am I not selling them? And the reason why I'm not selling them is because, well, number one, they're not mine. They're part of Andrea's collection, so it's got nothing to do with me. But if they were all mine, the reason why I wouldn't be selling them currently is because it's impossible to get them. It's impossible. It's hard. I have been buying them up, and I'm the guy who has had at one point 702 Stormtroopers and 500 Boba Fetts, and I can't buy White Cape Leia's. And the reason why is because they are a massive commodity. It is the hottest item right now. Shoot, White Cape Leia's, uh, C-3PO droids, and R2-D2 droids, or R2-D2 pop-up, are massively hot right now. I bought my droids and Ewoks years ago now. And the only reason why I was really looking into them at all is because I finished my complete set of the Loose Kenner vintage figures. And I didn't really want to spend that much for droids and Ewoks. And a lot of them at the time were the same exact price whether you bought them loose or if you bought them on card. So I purchased them on card. But also so I would not have to have them loose at a prominent place in my collection because I don't really personally, I don't like those figures. So I said, okay, let me just get them in on cards with coins that are droids and Ewoks. So I did that. I went through the droids and Ewoks. I bought that droids Boba Fett that cost me a fortune. But, uh... I got through the droids and Ewoks, and then I started moving on. And I said, all right, what am I going to do next? I'm going to get sealed boxes. So I started buying up sealed box, mint sealed box items of, uh, I don't know, Ewok Village, Battle Wagon, stuff like that, B-Wing. And I was like, all right, this isn't really doing it for me, and boxes take up tons of room. So what can I do? What's going to be next? All right, I already have the droids. I already have the Ewoks. So why don't I just do all the mint on cards that were ever produced, with a coin. So all the production men on cards with coins, that means Power of the Force, 
Ewoks and droids. This is the task I took on because I didn't know what to do next. So I chipped away at it over years. And I bought up all the cards I could find. I tried to buy up lots with a bunch in it I would need and then some in it I didn't so I could sell off the extras and keep the ones I wanted. Whenever I found a better one, if I was able to upgrade a little bit, I would. Um, any any way to upgrade. Now I'm sitting on a giant collection of all the Minon cards with coins. I did finish about a year and a half ago. All the Minon cards with coins. I have Yakface, Nikto, Anakin, Adat Driver, all the hard ones. And... Uh, it's a really cool tower, and it's a really, really cool tower in my room, but to tell you the truth, the whole reason why I have any of that is because I didn't want the droids and Ewoks loose. So you never know where your collecting is going to go, and sometimes you go down a rat hole like that, or I did with bootlegs. I, I bought every bootleg I could find on the planet, and you know what? I love bootlegs. I think they are awesome, but I have a little bit of a hard time getting a handle on every single aspect of bootlegs because if you know Kenner then it's like knowing Kenner, Meccano, Trilogo, PVP, everything, Tall Toys, Palatoy, it's like knowing all those things except completely separate because it wasn't to do with any of the actual licensed stuff. So it's a very hard learning curve. I love bootlegs, there's some I'll keep forever but there's some I'm gonna get rid of. But I really think because see sometimes you collect things not for you and that's the worst way to collect. And I didn't collect those all min on cards with coins for me. I collected them more because I didn't know what to collect next. And I knew that was really cool. And I knew it would be really, really difficult. So I wanted to climb that mountain. Now that I've had that mountain climbed, it just kind of sits in the corner. So I am starting to think about kicking it around. And maybe that will be where the funds for my rocket firing Boba Fett come from. The reason why I bring this up and talk about it is not, I'm not even sure what I'm doing with buying and selling there yet. But the reason why I bring it up is because if I want a rocket firing Boba Fett, I personally am not going to go take $40,000 out of a bank account if, God forbid, I happen to have that much just sitting around one day for no use and go buy a rocket firing Boba Fett. I'm not going to do this. I'm not wired like that. But it still doesn't change the fact that over a very long period of time, from working and hunting and searching and having price points and finding great finds and pulling the trigger when the opportunity was there to do so, I have a very massive collection of some things that I don't personally love for me. If I get rid of those to other people that love them for them, then I can build up this war chest for this rocket firing Boba Fett if that's the next step I want to go into. But... This all brings us all the way back to the very first thing, which is high prices. Do I believe there's high prices? No, absolutely not. The market determines the price, period. End of story. Is a Boba Fett a bit overpriced for me, a rocket-firing Boba Fett? Yeah. I think the price is way too high. I think there's too many of them. I think eventually they'll come down because how many people on the planet could really be willing to spend that kind of money on a rocket-firing Boba Fett? And I've seen, since I started looking, at least six, seven sell. So they exist, and I have a hard time wrapping my head around spending that kind of money for something that isn't one of a kind when I can take that money and I can go get a early production Boba Fett or a uh, test shot or something like that or a, one of the ones that they put the marks on and they scrape and the early production stuff for six, seven grand. And there's only one of those. The one I have, the, the Kim DeSimmons one, the Boba Fett um, from the pictures. 
uh, that one, it's one of a kind, you know what I mean? Or a few of a kind. There's a couple other guys with different ones. But still, the one correlating to the certain picture is one of a kind. So why wouldn't that be more? And the reason why that wouldn't be more is because there is this, because the Boba Fett with the rocket firing is the Lamborghini of this thing we do. There's more than one Lamborghini. It'll still get you there just as good as a Hyundai. Maybe even worse, because Lambos supposedly break down all the time because I watch Top Gear. But it still doesn't change the fact that a Hyundai will probably do a better job for you, cost you a billionth of a percent compared to the Lamborghini, but it still doesn't change the fact it's not the Lamborghini. So, I don't know, and seeing as how I'm not able to fit in an actual Lamborghini, maybe a rocket-firing Boba Fett's as close as I'm ever going to get, so maybe that will be something I... I don't know. But that's the wonderful part about collecting vintage Star Wars. That, quote-unquote, I don't know. Um, it keeps us on our toes. So now we're going to move on a little bit. I want to talk about a couple things. I want to talk about the IC Art Gallery. Um, we have a new sub-page. We've always had the IC Art Gallery over on the Pay It Forward page. But now it has its own page, uh, the IC Art Gallery. You can search it on Facebook. You can also catch the link through any of the IC websites. Or you could ask on any of the pages. And uh, one of our members will get you there, or one of the mods, or myself. And uh, it's the IC Art Gallery, but it is all original fan art from our fans and uh, from our IC members. And we even have Brett Scotchheimer makes these IC cards where he gives half the money to charity. And they're kind of like the Tops cards, but they're IC approved, quote unquote. They have the IC stamp on them, and then people draw in them. And it's really something to check out. So I highly suggest joining our new group, IC Art Gallery. Um, you can search it on Facebook. It's really cool, especially if you're into the whole art of Star Wars. Um, I also want to talk about the figure of the week. It is Greedo and a land speeder. So if pop a picture up on the IC with the hashtag FOTW, figure of the week, or VOTW, vehicle of the week. Also, um, I wanted to talk about our meetup. It's coming up soon. IC Meetup Cincinnati number two. This is the second time we're doing the Cincinnati Meetup. You got to make sure to book your room. You can always check it up at the top of the IC. It'll be under events. It's the IC Meetup number two. It'll be on September 30th. We're going to do it starting at 3 p.m. It's going to run about 3 p.m. till 8 p.m. After 8 p.m. is the room sales up there in Cincinnati. Those are where all the other people who usually aren't IC members and a lot of IC members buy, sell, and trade Star Wars before the toy show that happens the next day. You can go on to the event calendar on the IC. You can click on IC Meetup Cincinnati number two, and there will be a uh, link right there um, in the description of the event where it says uh, tinyurl.com forward slash IC Meetup Cincinnati, and you can click on there, and we have a special room rate that is only for IC members. So we'll have a special room rate for that event, which will be really, really cool. It'll be nice to see everybody again. And there is nothing better than an IC meetup for some of the best vintage Star Wars around. I'm telling you, I've seen things walk through that door. Everything from a double telescoping Darth Vader uh, to men on cards cheap to I remember one of my friends once got a... Uh, what was it? A Luke Gunner card. Return of the Jedi Luke Gunner card for 
dirt cheap. I think 110 bucks. I know at the last IC meetup there were a couple uh, Lily Letty removable hood Jawas for 600 bucks, and I know those are about a grand to 1500 dollars now. So lots of things come out of the woodwork at the IC meetups. Um, there's even other things that come out for those. Uh, they do the room sales afterwards for non-IC members and IC members. But the room sales after last year, I saw that. Um, Daryl Johnson had that rocket firing Boba Fett with the two rockets with the box made by the Kenner Company guy. It was phenomenal. I held a rocket firing Boba Fett last year at this Cincinnati meetup. So I highly recommend you guys to come sign up on the IC. Check it out. I'm really looking forward to you guys coming out and saying hi. I also want to talk about recently I just sent out a big shipment to uh, CAX, Collectors Archive Services, and also to AFA. What I'm going to be doing over the next few weeks here when they start coming back is I'm going to be doing a side-by-side -side comparison, both on the IC and on our podcast here. And uh, once I receive the items back, what I've done is I've reached out to both companies and I've asked them to come on to the podcast for a question and answer session. Ross Barr already confirmed that he'd be happy to come on uh, as a representative of CAS. And uh, I'm still waiting on a response from AFA, but they're at the San Diego Comic-Con, so I'm sure they just haven't even seen it yet. So, these are things that are going to be coming up, which is very, very cool and very, very exciting. We already have the sticker for the meetup coming up, so I can't wait to see you guys there. What we're going to do is we're going to roll right into our special guest interview. This is a wonderful guy. He actually got me my first 21 back Boba Fett, Min on card. He got me a killer deal with it. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to bring him on here and we're going to ask him some questions about his collection. He collects some prototypes, early stuff. He collects very special things. And uh, he has actually changed his collection numerous times over his time collecting. So beside him being a good friend of mine, I would just like him to come on because he knows what it's like to change your focus and can give us all a bit of insight on how to go about buying and selling to grow your collection. So let's move on to this week's IC Star Wars interview of the week, Eric Nederostik. The Emperor has been expecting you. Welcome to the second interview of IC Star Wars. What I'm trying to do with this podcast is bring a voice and a teaching tool to our community, so my interviews will have only collectors, folks like you and me that are in the trenches of this hobby and have lived to tell the tale. This gentleman I'm bringing on today I watched since the joint Facebook... I've watched him grow his collection by hunting on vacation, in the late nights, and in the early mornings. He even sold me my first 21 back FET, which was, uh, at the time, a good price, and now, crazy dirt cheap. <laughs> uh, without further ado, I give you my friend and fellow collector, Eric Nederostik. What's up, buddy? Hey, Mike. How are you, man? Good to be here. Great, man. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you so much for doing the podcast, and thanks so much for being part of the IC. Sure. Um, we're going to hop right in. What we like to do here uh, at IC Star Wars is uh, to start off with a quick interview. Um, so we do a little lightning round um, to break the ice. So are you ready for a lightning round? Sounds good. Perfect, brother. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Uh, Empire Strikes Back. And your favorite Star Wars character? Uh, Darth Vader. And your favorite Star Wars toy line from, a new, uh, from the original Kenner all the way up through modern? Uh, I'd say the original first 21. First 21. Okay, cool. Um, Ray versus Leia in Mortal Kombat. Who wins and why? Ray versus Leia. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, I want to say Leia, and 
I think she might win, but I think after episode eight comes out and we see much more of Ray and we see what she can do, I think Ray would win. I think Ray's going to be talented in episode eight. Oh, I think so too. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, next one. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy gives you a call tomorrow. She says, what character should the next spinoff movie be about? What do you think? Oh, easy. I'd like to see uh, a feature film about Darth Vader sometimes set between episodes three and four. Yeah, that would be perfect. Just extend the uh, Rogue One. Yeah. Set another <laughs> 45 was... minutes onto Rogue One, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, that was just a little bit of a taste, you know what I mean? I'd like to see more of, of Darth Vader. Yeah, it's not enough. It's It's the one little taste off of somebody else's dessert. <laughs> yes yes cool brother well great lightning round uh let's move on to the more difficult questions and the in-depth ones what do you say okay let's do this all right uh what is your very first star wars memory not collecting but star wars memory yeah sure uh my first star wars memory uh goes back to when star wars first came out in may of 1977 i was one year one years old well 13 months and my parents took me to see the movie. Um, so although I don't remember seeing the movie in theaters, I remember being told that story over and over. And uh, so real, really, that is my first Star Wars memory. That's great when uh, the parents are the Star Wars fans and they pull you into it. And you're doing it again, aren't you? Because you have yes, the little ones. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got three boys, uh, the youngest who is three. And his name is Clayton, and he loves Star Wars. He will only wear Star Wars shorts or shirts. I'm sorry, although he does have some Star Wars shorts as well. And every day when I get home from work, the first thing I hear from him, "Daddy, let's play Star Wars." Daddy, let's play Star Wars. So that's it's great. Nice. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> What's his favorite character? Oh boy, that's a good one. Oh. Uh, when we play, he likes to be. Darth Vader, of course. Yes. He's also got a full Kylo Ren costume that he wears. He likes him. (laughs) But he's also a fan of Bubba Fett and Jango Fett. Nice. See? Bad guys with helmets. He's a man after my own heart. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I'd probably say those are his four four favorites. And then he also likes the Emperor as well. So he's really more of a dark side kind of kid. There you go. Well, (laughs) sign him up for the Imperial Commissary, brother. He'll be amongst friends. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just they have the better stuff, man. That's all. Yeah, I, I, he he loves it. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's that's one of the things I love about the Star Wars is sharing it with my kids. That's awesome. What uh, got you into actually collecting Star Wars? Your very first thing that you put up on an actual shelf. First thing I put up on the shelf was the re-released Power of the Force line back in I think it was like 1996. 1994 something around that time frame yeah right around Uh, episode one yes yes um i started collecting again um i went into one of my local toy stores saw them on the shelf uh really liked the way they looked and i started collecting them and i got hooked since then that's awesome man um what started you getting into vintage so i collected those uh for quite a while and then um my wife won christmas probably back in late 1990s like 1998 1999 had bought me a christmas gift and i when i opened it i was shocked inside there was a mint on card mean numb um again this is before the time of ebay or at least before i used ebay 
And she found it at a local shop. And when I opened that up, just brought me back to my childhood. And since then, I've been collecting vintage. <laughs> <laughs> then nostalgia pulls you back in and it opens up your wallet pretty easy, too. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> That's actually kind of the same reason why I got into it, man. I guess we could both blame our wives for our addiction to vintage Star Wars toys. Um, there you go. Yeah, mine yeah. got me a, a Luke Stormtrooper for Christmas, and uh, that's what. And I was like, "Oh well, I might as well complete the set." And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now my whole go. house looks like Lucasfilm exploded in it. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, brother, uh, prototypes and first shots. I always see you collecting these. I always see you posting up pictures of them. I was wondering yes. if you could just give like a basics uh, for our listeners that don't really know what those are. Yeah. Um... EPs, uh, that stands for Engineering Pilot, FS, that's first shot. Um, those are some of the first figures uh, that were given to the Kenner employees that they did tests on. Mm-hmm. So basically, if they were given the figure, for example, like I had, I believe it was an Obi-Wan, it was a scratch test EP, Engineering Pilot. So basically, they would they would have those at Kenner and they would do scratch testing on it or, you know, color sampling testing on it and stuff like that. So realistically, those are the first ones that were ever produced. And the reason they're a little bit more rare is because there's only maybe say 10 of them, maybe even less per figure. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got into it just because I had started a Luke focus and I think it was Steve had, told me that, hey, I heard you got a Luke Focus. Someone I know is selling a DT Luke EP. And I'm like, oh, great, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, let me get in touch with them. And uh, I started talking and ended up being Jordan from the Toy Hunter. Oh, yeah. And we were talking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was shocked. You know, I mean, here I am talking to the guy that I watched on TV so many times, but I'm talking to him and I was like, well, what's the price for this DT Luke? And he was like, oh, it's like 3,400. And I'm like, for a DT Luke? I was like, geez, like, I've been seeing him, like, going for, like, seven, eight hundred. He's like, well, it's an EP. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, being new to it, I asked him, like, EP, what's that? Oh, engineering pilot. So, you know, I did some of my own research, talked to Steve, um, also talked to some of the other people on the forums, and uh, started learning about these pieces and ended up uh, meeting Jordan up at Hollywood Heroes and acquiring the piece, which, like you said, hey, I got this one. I might as well get the set, right? So <laughs> over the next year and a half, I think it was two years, I spent hunting down. Uh, I wanted to get an EP of each of the first original 12, and that's what I did. Uh, so I had one engineering pilot of each of the original 12 figures. I think that's how most people uh, do massive focuses and stuff like that is because they just end up with a bunch of one thing and they go, oh, well, I might as well finish. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you had all the first 12 engineering pilots. Yes, I did. Yep, that's crazy. I did. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it took me a while, and and th- thank goodness there's a lot of good people out there that helped me out, and uh, it was quite a journey, and it was really exciting. And when I had them all, I I took the pictures. Of course, I still have the pictures, um, but you know, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but you know, since then I have sold them. Um, it was just one of those deals where I wanted to change my focus a little bit. I wanted to get into the mint on cards. Um, I realized, boy, I have pretty many mint on cards but i don't have a complete set of all the figures mint on card (laughs) yeah yeah right so i thought you know what i'll sell a couple of my eps i really only wanted to sell a couple i wanted to keep some for myself 
-hmm. but it was just one of those things where someone contacted me, saw I was selling. I even had put on the listing, I remember, um, I have all these for sale, here's the prices. However, I'm only selling a few until I get the money I need to purchase these items. <clears throat> but someone came to me and just made me a made me an offer for the complete set that I couldn't refuse. It was, you know, he either wanted them all or none. Yeah. And uh, that's when I decided to move on from the EPs and FSs and concentrate on mint on cards. Well, see, that but runs into one of the questions I have here. Uh, since I started collecting, I've seen you go through the natural progression of Star Wars collectors just a few steps ahead of me. And that's where right. you start with the loose and then you go to higher end things and then you go into early productions or mint on cards, stuff like that. Right. What's the best way to actually change your focus? Cause see, I'm I'm thinking about going heavy into Boba Fett right now, right? And, okay. Uh, not I've that you're never not been that, that, that you're not already, but. Yeah, I know, but I mean like <laughs> crazy amounts. <laughs> well, yeah. So, you know, one of the things that you know that I always do is, you know, I'm like everybody else out there. I, I just have a regular job. I have a wife who stays at home, three boys that I support. So, realistically, for me. Um, my Star Wars collecting goes by if I want to buy some new Star Wars, I have to sell some. So for me, whenever I'm doing some type of new focus or new run, uh, you know, it almost forces me to sell off some of my other runs in order to, you know, to afford the, the new pieces that I need. So for me, <clears throat> changing focuses is almost like if I don't change focuses, I can't collect Star Wars anymore. Right. Or per, you know what I mean? Or, right. or purchase new. So, I mean, yeah, I do purchase new pieces every once in a while without selling, but most of the stuff, it's just by from selling something old that I have and, and then purchasing something new. Um, you know, now there's some pieces in my collection that I'm just not going to let go. Do you know what I mean? That they'll be passed down to my kids or, you know, used many, many, many years down uh, the line. If my kids, for some reason, are, you know, fall fall out of Star Wars or have no intentions of keeping the collection, then then maybe I'll, I'll sell some of those pieces and take my wife on a nice vacation or something like that. But, uh, Ooh, that's <laughs> nice. yeah, but other than that, uh, you know, I really kind of collect what I love. You know what I mean? Um, I so, absolutely do. I have a very weird collection of very eclectic stuff and some of it's worthless and has very important space in my collection. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I still have, you know, in my Star Wars room, I still have some of the original figures I played with as a kid. And I have them inside an acrylic case. Now, they're That's not awesome. rated or anything, but I, I have them in, a, in an acrylic case up on a shelf. I mean, they're probably worth, I mean, most of them don't have the weapons. Mm -hmm. They're all beat up from being played with. Their feet are painted at the bottom yellow because my parents and all the parents in the neighborhood I grew up with, all the kids had Star Wars, so... Every parent painted their kid's son's Star Wars a different color on the feet. So that way, we, when we were done playing, you went home with your figures. Right. You know? <laughs> so they've been painted. They've been played with. They've been scratched. They don't have their weapons. They're they're pretty much worthless, you know, as far as value out on the street. But to me, they're priceless. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what the nostalgia um, so, factor brings in. Yep. Yeah. So to me, those would be the last pieces I would ever part with. I agree with that completely. I actually have a bottom shelf here, and it's all my Hoth playset stuff and a B-Wing pilot I got when I was really young, men on card, and I never opened nice. on purpose. Wow. <laughs> I was going to be a billionaire, man. It was the only one I ever saw with a coin. You know how it is. Way back in the yeah. day, man, you didn't know they came with coins if you didn't see them in the store with coins. 
So right, I saw right. that thing and I'm like, oh, it's a special edition with a coin. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of lawn mowing went into that, man. And I had like a special box I used to keep it for all those years. I wow. got a graded AFA 50, baby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, but you know what? It's it's the nostalgia and stuff like that. It's not always how much is this piece worth out on the street. It's, it, it's what, what it means to you. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, one of the main topics that has come up in the groups lately in the IC is the rising price of vintage Star Wars. I talked about it in my intro a little bit, and uh, what are your thoughts of the prices currently and the way that they... I mean, they're going high. I I have a yak face, man. I put a yak face up. The reason why I put a yak face up on eBay is because somebody else sold one for $12,000. That's a wow. ridiculous amount of money. So I said, okay, if you want to back up a truck of money to my house, I will gladly sell you a yak face. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So I put yeah. it up on eBay, man, and I did have a hit, and the guy was going to buy it and blah, 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 and he was working out the money, so I pulled it off eBay for him, and then uh, he ended up flaking on me. But right. I ended up buying another one in between, so yeah. now I'm going to have two yak faces <laughs> and I don't need it. But right, either right. way, even though that is the price and that's what one sold for, I think it's completely ridiculous. Oh, yes. I mean... That yak face that sold for $12,000, what was it graded? It or was wasn't it graded? even graded. It was in a star case, man. Wow. Right? Wow. So, and I see it. I see it with loose stuff, man. I see it with Leia's. I see it with uh, Luke's. I mean, I, I fear when this next movie comes out, do you know what a Luke Jedi is going to be worth? $10 million. Loose. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Even going down to weapons nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know what people are selling loose weapons for and stuff like that. Yeah, it's you know I remember uh, when I first started joining the uh, joining the forums, um, and back before then I used to buy a lot of my Star Wars off eBay. And when I started getting back into collecting again, the first two figures I bought were an AFA eighty uh, Darth Vader twelve back and an AFA eighty C three PO twelve back, both unpunched, really nice, really nice looking. Mm-hmm. And I believe I paid between two to three hundred dollars for each of them. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and it's just crazy where the prices have gone, and and prices have gone up, and then they'll come down for a little bit, and then back up. But even when they come down for a little bit, they never get down to where they were before. You know, they always come down a little bit and then go right back up. And to me, you know, it, it's just the prices. The prices are are really insane, and one of the reasons. I do a lot of my selling. I don't want to call it private sales, but I, I just a lot of times I'll PM someone I know like you or someone else and say, I have this. I'm looking to sell it. Do you need it or do you know anyone that needs it? Because if I can keep it in the collector community, especially amongst one of my friends, you know, I'm willing to sell it at the price that I paid or maybe even a little bit less. I, I don't even go out and look on eBay and be like, oh, my God, this thing's worth, you know. 800 bucks. Well, Hey, I paid two fifty for it. Give me two fifty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, as with other collecting, there's always going to be scalpers out there and there's the prices are always going to be, the prices are always going to be what someone's willing to pay. Right. And I know there are a lot of people out there on the forums, Facebook and other places, but there's so many, many, many people out there that don't do Facebook or stuff like that, that are collectors that basically just hunt on eBay. And sometimes I, I, you know, those those prices can get inflated. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I mean, that's the price. If someone's willing to pay that, that's what it is. I mean, that blows my mind that someone would pay twelve thousand dollars for a yak face. To me, it almost Ungraded. seems like. Ungraded. To me, that almost seems like 
was it an auction or a buy it now? Well, no, it oh, was a uh, buy it now. And uh, but I know the guy that sold it to the guy that sold it, so I yeah. found out the price. Wow. Yeah, he he was like, man, I I can't believe that. I'll go look. I'll go check. But you know what, man? There hasn't been a single other Power of the Force Yak face on eBay or anywhere on the boards for six eight months. You seen one? No. The last one I saw was the one I bought. See? <laughs> when I when I was getting out of the EPs, and and, and I think mine's a uh, seventy five. No. Yeah. And I believe I paid like forty seven hundred. Yeah, that's yeah. a steal. Well, nowadays yeah, now, it's a steal, but I bet you yeah. at the time you were like, ah. Yeah, well, you know, I was. I was, you know, I was like, uh, you know, I, I, I got myself that and an Anakin and a VCJ uh, on card when I sold my EPs. You know what I mean? Nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, geez, that, the, the prices are crazy. Like I said, um, Well, see, that's what me, also forces us. I mean, like, like you were saying before, in order to keep collecting – you have to switch your focuses and you have to sell off stuff and you have to buy other stuff. Right. Because yeah, these prices are so high. If you don't start making the money off the stuff to make the money to buy the stuff. I mean, man, I remember I was turning down 77 back Boba Fett's for $700 left and right. And now they're selling for 1500 on eBay. Right. That's yeah, nuts. It's, well, it's just like, like, um, like I was talking about earlier, when I when I went to Hollywood Heroes to meet Jordan and get that uh, DP or DTEP uh, Luke, at that time, we were just talking, and he took my family. He was really nice, by the way. He took my whole family out to lunch. You know, took pictures, did some autographs. But anyway, uh, we were sitting there. You know, we were getting ready to leave me and my family, and he's like, "Hey, Eric, you know, I'm really glad you came out." Is there anything else you're looking for? Because, you know, I'm always on the hunt and I'll, I'll try to help you out. And, I, you know, jokingly, I said, yeah, I'm looking for a DT Vader. And he goes, give me a second. And he pulls one out. And I was like, oh, my God. He's like, Eric, it's yours. I'm like, whoa, whoa wait, it's mine. How much is it going to cost me? <laughs> you know, and we talked and he was and I'm like, you know what? That's a great price, Jordan. But I just took two to three months to pay you off for this Luke. I'd be like, I'd be putting myself way right back in debt again. I said, I can't pay you that now. And, you know, he was so nice. He's like, you know what, Eric, I'm wrapping it up. You're going to take it with you. I'm like, you're going to give it to me. He's like, yeah. I'm like, Jordan, you trust me. You're, you're giving me a DT Vader. I'm walking out your door. You can never see me again, Hmm. Eric. I trust you. And, you know, being the honest guy I am, I paid him back, but you know, he, he gave me that thing like for 36, something like that around there. And it's funny because, you know, him and I have gotten to know each other a little bit. I mean, we're not best friends. I don't hang out with him or anything. But, you know, we text every once in a while and talk. And every once in a while, we when we talk, he'll be like, what did I sell you that DT Vader for again? You know, <laughs> because it's it's probably, what, tripled in value now at least? Uh, you yeah, know? they're like 10 grand now. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, um, but yeah, so, it, you know, just to get back to the point, I mean, actually there's still that price brother. And when you decide to sell them in PM, <laughs> don't look at eBay, yeah. just give me a holler. <laughs> just give me a holler. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just like you said, I mean, unless you have some type of unlimited income, I have no idea how you could go about collecting today without, without selling. Oh, I hear Some you. Of your stuff. I mean, I'm fighting against Rick Springfield, man, and I don't right. have his kind of money, so. <laughs> and he's collecting all the Boba Fett, so. Yeah, and 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 like I've seen, like, um, man, I I think it's what Gus Lopez every day. Yep. Uh, posts an item up 
calls it, I forget what he calls it, but item of whatever the day or whatever. But I mean, and it's you something, see something you've else. never seen before. Every and time. I'm like, <laughs> and, and I know one time someone said to Gus, like, are all these items yours? He's like, yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, now he's been collecting forever, but I'm like, you imagine all the stuff he's got. Oh, I mean, yeah. between like him and like a Steve Sansweet. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know what I mean? Unbelievable. Yeah, those type of items are oh, unbelievable. You know, once in a lifetime items, and and they're posting one one new one up every day. <laughs> oh yeah, well I I always uh what always makes me well I mean if if you want to be envious of anything awesome Gus has, it's like literally everything like Boba Fett's outfit or backpack or the right. Princess Leia bikini or yes. anything like that. But um, well if you had the chance to get anything Star Wars from any of the movies, any any set used or screen used thing, what would it be? Oh. I- I think I'd want to get Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt <laughs> on his throne. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where i put it. i probably have to put it in my garage, but... That'd be I, awesome, I man. Cars to... can stay outside. <laughs> yeah, I, I would just love to have something that big. I mean, first of all, my, my sons would go crazy, especially Clayton. He would he, he would go nuts. But just something to have like that, that massive, would, would be awesome. I mean, I know you've been to Celebration. Um, when I went to the Celebration in Anaheim, I mean, they just had one displayed, and everybody was taking pictures with it. It just looks so cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if I could go around telling people, yeah, I got Jabba the Hutt back at my house, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that would be that, – that's something that would be obviously like one of a kind. So. Well, I see, there's like Gus again. Like I mean, man, you walk in his front front door there, and there's a Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's no big deal. It's like, that, the actual – I know. It's I, the one from the movie. Right. I mean, I, and I only know him from Facebook, so I don't really know him, but I would love to, like, go to his house one day and just <laughs> just look around. I mean yeah, – Well, I've seen some – even some of the pictures he had – I remember I saw one picture, and you know how they have the uh, – like, the early production C-3PO and Darth Vader cases in all the weird colors? Yeah. And there were so many on top of this case, man, that they were all sideways. That's how many he had. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's something yeah. that anybody else, it would be like, clear out the room. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. This is I the mean, only I thing think, in it. Yeah, I, I think in his house, you just go from room to room, and every room's got something in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, but he I, even and, does and he's uh, a great, the cereal and, and stuff and, like that. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. He's a great guy, very humble. I mean, he doesn't do that. He doesn't post that stuff every day to you know, make people jealous or be like, ah, look what I got. You know what I mean? He just loves sharing the stuff that he has, and, uh, you know, I think it's great. Well, I think we need more of that in the community, man. I mean, there's there's never going to be a chance for me personally to ever have Gus's collection. Do you know right. what I mean? It's just never going to happen. But the right. fact that he shares it and it's not just some black hole collection sitting hidden somewhere is phenomenal. Right. I agree. So, yeah. I mean, the, I know, you know, I know some people, you know, don't really like to post because they're afraid – well, you know, if I post what I have and, you know, most of the time now on Facebook, people are using their real names. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook doesn't really let you use a lot of like, you know, you can't really use a fake name anymore as far as like a name that isn't really a name. Right. They close right. that right. stuff down. But, you know, I understand some people are a little bit afraid to show that collection and worried about, oh, man, if I show my collection, people know what I got. They're worried about someone breaking into their house or stuff like that. But, you know, to me, like this stuff these these pieces toys collectibles whatever you want to call it that we have i feel like they're meant to be shared mm-hmm. um you know i love sharing my stuff with with people i love when people come over to my house and ask me to go upstairs and look at my star wars room and 
and they ask me questions or take pictures. I love that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I do too, I especially if they're like collectors, you know? Right. Oh, I've, I've had a couple of the people um, that I met through Facebook and actually live in the area have come over before. And we've talked and traded and, and sold back and forth. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great time. And like I said, I just love sharing the stuff and and helping out the people in the community and, and just, you know. Well, that's what it's all about, man. The reason why I wanted to have you here as a guest star, it's not because of all the great info you got and uh, that you've shared. It's not because uh, your collection would make Luke Skywalker blush. Uh, (laughs) It's uh, because I invited invited you on because uh, I've never met you once in person. Um, No. We talk all the time through Messenger. You help me all the time. We go back and forth. If you have a question about Boba Fett, uh, you ask me. If I have a question on everything else on the planet, I ask you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But we've become friends over the years through Facebook and the IC and stuff like that. And that's what this whole thing is all about, man. I'd be completely comfortable with sending you 30 grand and not thinking twice about it. And the relationships that I've built over time... It's it's phenomenal, man. And everyone, it seems, it's it's tough to do a blanket statement like that, but everyone seems so genuinely nice. Yeah, you know, I feel the same way as you do. I mean, we've never met yet. I feel like we're friends. I can trust you. Um, we can we can PM each other through Facebook. We can text whatever. Um, I feel the same way. If I if I want to get an item from you. I'd send it to your friends and family. I wouldn't yeah. even even yeah. I wouldn't even hesitate. I wouldn't even be worried. Or if it was something I was doing over a payment plan and I was going to send you a thousand dollars a month for five months, I wouldn't even worry about like, hey, what happens in three months if this guy disappears? Which we know you're not going anywhere. You're running the IC, but you know what I mean. I just <laughs> I, I just I just feel that way. And I think everybody I mean, has my address by now, man. I yeah, can't go yeah. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's just you know, it, and that's the one thing I love. Like I feel like I've since these forums have really taken over on Facebook, I feel like I've made so many friends and, and like good friends too, you know, that I can, can really say as a friend and I would help them out with anything, even if, if it goes beyond star Wars, you know what I mean? Well, you know, what's um, nice or, is when it gets to that point where you can just shoot your friend, like a, a item number on eBay and be like, Hey man, check this out. And you have no fear in you whatsoever. They're going to snipe it from you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's, that's nice. And it's something yes. you could count on. And that's how you build your collection too. Because a lot of these high-end pieces, man, nobody will give you the time of day because cash doesn't really help them. You know? They're not looking for cash. They're looking to trade for something else or they're looking for something cool or they're looking to help out somebody that's really searching for an item. So I'm looking for a rocket-firing fed if anybody out there is. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's that's a great point. I mean, a lot of times, and you'll see it even on on the forums, people will have a really nice item that, People would line up to buy, but they'll even say, not for sale, for trade only. Here's what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Yep. And um, I've had the same thing. You know, people have asked me, hey, Eric, I'm looking for this. Can you help me out? And, you know, I have no problem uh, asking other friends that I may know that they don't if they've got a certain item that someone's looking for and helping somebody out. Mm -hmm. So the way I see it is, you know, what goes around comes around. Absolutely. So if you, if you take care of the community, the community will more than more than well take care of you. Mm-hmm. Even on the selling end, man. Uh, I mean, if somebody if somebody contacts us or contacts you or contacts anybody, and they're like friends with them, 
they get a completely different price than somebody who put on eBay. And that, that, that goes back to the whole, you become friends with people and then they understand. And like, there's certain things, man, like if I go buy a collection and I just go buy a random collection somewhere from some random thing I found on Craigslist or something, I'm going to buy it all up. I'm going to pick out the five or six things I want or that go with my collection. And then I'm going to dump the rest. You know what I mean? But when you're talking and you're like, oh, I'm looking for this and I've been looking forever. Uh, Perfect example. You already gave it. You were there and you were like, well, maybe a DT Vader. And he's like, hold on a second. Right. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, it doesn't happen for everybody that they say, hold on a second. And there's a DT Vader. But right. That's because you took the time to build a relationship with somebody and to become friends. Right. And that's what it's all about, man. And I'm telling you, as far as saving money, as far as not getting scammed on some bad eBay listing, as far as anything like that, a good friend in this hobby is more important than any collection. I agree. I agree. I, I There's some people on the forums that, uh, you know, I would go above and beyond to help, uh, help them acquire pieces, uh, help make deals for them. You know, I, I've gone as far as helping people where, Hey Eric, I'm really looking at this item. I really like it. Hey, I know you're good at negotiating. Could you help me out? And I'll send, you know, I'll make all the contact with the person on eBay mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> haggle for them and stuff like that. And then just get back to him and be like, Hey, listen, I got $500 off the price. If you want to let me know, he's willing to sell it. You know what I mean? Yep. So yeah. that kind of stuff to me, and these people have come back and helped me. So like I said, what goes around comes around, take care of the community. It'll take care of you. And if you get, if you take the time to get to know some of the people that are out there, you're going to see it's, they're wonderful people. Yeah. There's lots of kind people in this hobby. I've noticed, uh, one, one example is, uh, Chris Hibbard, man. (laughs) Hibbard. I know you're friends with Hibbard and he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. It's, uh, don't go, don't go passing this around so he doesn't get bothered. But uh, I mean, anybody, if they're like, oh, I'm at Walmart and I'm looking at the two 40th anniversaries. Did you do the 40th anniversaries? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. I, I need, I needed one last piece. Um, and I happened to be talking to Chris the other day about something. And, and I was like, man, all I need is Chewy. I said, hey, listen, if you see someone selling Chewy, can you let me know? I just want to get one so I can finish the run. He's like, I got one. I'll send it to you. Like, what? <laughs> well, I'm there like, you go. No, I, you know, and it's, not, it's like, that's not what I meant. He's like, nah, you know, I think I might get out of this anyway. I'll send it to you. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he just does that kind of thing. And, and that's the great thing about Chris. Uh, I mean, there's been, I, I can't tell you how many packages him and I have sent back and forth to one another. We, are constantly and this is more modern kind of stuff but him and i both collect the you know the funko pops the star wars and then some of the and then some of the black series and so whenever one of us is out shopping if we see something that we know the other one needs we just pick up two one for me one for him and then once i've got a couple pieces i put them in a box and i ship them off and he does the same for me yeah i just i actually just sent him a box the other day he he pm me today told me it came in i sent him uh one of the exclusive SDCC Funko Pops and the four latest um, Hallmark um, ornaments. Oh, nice. So, again, you know, and then he's got some stuff for me, and once it all comes in, he's going to ship it to me. So, you know, people like that, you know, I care more about friendships than I do about the pieces. You know what I mean? At that point, 
Now, absolutely, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't go out and if I find a, a DT Vader for eight thousand dollars, I can't buy that and send it to him. But you know, what I mean, like within reason. But yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, he's such a great guy, and uh, me and him talk all the time, go back and forth. And there's other people too, but you know, just happened to be that you brought him up. But yeah, he's. Well, I wasn't even talking guys. about your Black Series one, but I've seen him do it before, man. Like somebody would be like, "Oh, I'm at the, you know, Kmart, and I don't know, I, I can't afford both, you know." And uh, right. they'll just be like, "Oh, I'll just send you them." <laughs> it's like, right. you know, he's just he's a kind-hearted guy. He's never looking for nothing back. I'm sure no. uh, we'll make him a little red in the face for mentioning him here, but uh, that's yeah. if he even listens to it. I think he will, though. He yeah, usually he listens told, to my podcast. <laughs> yeah, he told me he was going to listen. I. I'm telling you right now, I nominate him to get him on the show. Yeah, I, I definitely I would, I would will, love, man. Yeah, I would love to hear hear you have an interview with him. <laughs> He's hilarious. I've actually met him a few times, man. He uh, came down to Celebration this past year. Right. Um, and then uh, I met him at the Louisville meetup, and also he came to right. the Cincinnati meetup. So, yeah, I mean, Chris and I, uh, we've gone back and forth a lot. We used to be both hunting bobas, but luckily he uh, skewed off onto the gonk run there. So Yeah. Yeah, oh, he's got a quite a, he's got a very nice gonk run too. He yeah. has all the gonks. It's right. amazing. I didn't even know when he first started doing gonks cuz I mean, you don't really think about it, but I didn't know there no. were that many variations and whatever of gonks. No, I didn't either. I didn't either. Um but yeah, um but again, just like you, he's a guy I, I've never met in person. Only talk through text or PMs, you know what I mean? Yep. And I just feel like we've built up a really great relationship. So Well, that's the other thing, man, to bring up is all right, for example, Gonk, uh, the power droid. It's not right. the most expensive figure on the planet. Um, there's way cheaper figures, Weequays, Clatus, uh, and all these have many, many different variants. So right. if you are just starting out in vintage collection, it is very easy to go with a focus. And then you can find stuff. And that's when you dig stuff out of bins and you get five different Lobots and one of them happens to be a PBP or something. You know? Right. And right. That's, no, I agree. that's why I really like the focus factor. And I also think that vintage Star Wars is still able for anyone to get in. But I think you have to be happy with your collection because it's yours. It's what you've built. It doesn't have to have all the things of... Steve Sand Sweets, because no one's is ever gonna. His is right. unbelievably awesome, and right. that's great. But you're not. It's not a competition thing, and that's the thing. Sometimes it gets into a competition thing, and that's not healthy for anybody. Um, right. But as long as it just stays happy and it's not a competition thing, and you are happy with the things you got, then that's great. And if it's a Lobot focus, or if it's man that Gonk focus, we're sitting here talking about a Gonk focus that is. Right. <laughs> it's time stopping. It's phenomenal. Yeah, and, I mean, if you, I'm sure you have, but if you've seen pictures of it, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, and I agree with you. But two years ago, gonk, nobody wanted a gonk. They were like no, $5. No. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, there's, what, 96 figures out there? Um, yeah. Any one of them would make a great focus. You know what I mean? Because there's so, variants to them all. It's just yes. sometimes yeah. people, like, most of the information comes from like, oh, these are the variants of Luke Skywalker because 8 billion people collect Luke Skywalker. Right, right. You know? But when you get into the the one-offs, the weak ways and the gonks, man, you yeah. can you can teach. You can get the information. Right, you can, you can almost become the expert. Exactly. I agree, yes. But uh, I really I really like that. I like the ability that uh, you can just do something like that. And his is... It's a it's a phenomenal collection, and it's a gonk. And you know what else about Gonk, which is amazing? He's been in every single everything. Have you noticed? 
Like every movie, every single cartoon, he's always in it. There's always a gonk. Really? I was just yeah, I was just watching um that uh Clone Wars cartoon cuz I finished yes. Rebels and I was like, "All right, I'll do Clone Wars." And right. uh that had a gonk in it. Rebels had a gonk in it. Rogue One had a gonk in it. TFA had a gonk in it. All the other movies, it's crazy. He's episodes the most one, famous character. Episodes 1, 2, and 3 had gonks in it. I too. am 99% sure they had the okay. brown one, right? Okay. Because they All sold right, it yeah. with that. Uh, but I don't know anything about modern. What do I know? Forget about it. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the pro on that because I'm way out of my scope. I mean, I, <laughs> I might as well try doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, brother, uh, well, you know what? We're doing a meetup in Cincinnati. Any chance you're going to be able to make it to that one? You know, you know, I wish I could coming up in September. But once once the uh, fall time frame hits with my three boys, I'm so busy with taking them to and from sports it's just it's my whole weekend you know what i mean sure enough um i'm really hoping to make it out to the next celebration because if the if i do um i'll definitely be at the ic meetup and and i'm more than willing to host an ic meetup here at my house or somewhere near where i live um i would love to i would love to go to one like i said i love to just sit down and talk star wars with anybody we'll have to make the it doesn't you know have what? to be about collecting it can be anything you know what i mean there's a lot of yeah. you pennsylvania guys up there too um yeah i'm in the uh yes. pennsylvania what are they the sinister six or something the pennsylvania oh yes. star wars collectors yes. club yeah. nice guys sinister man six. they sent me a t-shirt and it had a boba fett on it so i rocked that <laughs> yeah yeah no i belong to that group um same thing like for me you know, where they meet is about an hour and a half from where I live. You know what I mean? Not too bad, but with kids and work and stuff like that, it's hard because a lot of times they meet like on a Monday night, mm-hmm. Tuesday night at a bar and, uh, you know, to go down there, eat, drink, and then try to get home. Right. <laughs> it's kind of late for me because I, I get up really early for work. But, um, it, you know, if there was something like on the – like an icy thing like on a weekend, Friday, Saturday night, yeah, I would definitely do it. And I, I do plan to get with those Sinister Six guys too sometime. Just been really busy, but uh, yeah, I, I love going to meetups, comic cons, you know, whatever, and just you know, meeting people, talking Star Wars. And again, it doesn't doesn't have to be about collecting or hey, what do you have in your collection? Oh, this is what I got. Just talking Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whether it be talking about movies, talking about the actors or actresses, talking about um, your putting focus. down your phone and doing oh. actual old school trivia without the Google. Yeah, yeah, that too, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of stuff. So just, yeah. you know, I, I really I really believe, like, the people in the Star Wars community are, are a special group of people, and uh, I love it. You know, I I started working toward, um, when I went to Celebration uh, in Anaheim, I went with my family, and my cousin went too, and my cousin's in the 501st, so he was able to get us tickets to the 501st party. Okay. Let me tell you, those guys those guys are something else. And I, I've, I've wanted to join the 501st, and I've been working on trying to figure out getting an, a TK armor together. Mm-hmm. I just have to figure out who I want to get it from and whether or not I want to get one made or get one that comes. And then you basically have to do all the work yourself. But there, there again, I've gotten in touch with some of the people in the 501st. And every single one of them are like, we're here to help you. There's so many people that have armor building parties on weekends. Bring your armor down. We'll help you through it. You know what I mean? So that's just another extension of Star Wars 501st that that I'd really like to get into as well. But, again, just going back, um, just another part of the community, another part of the Star Wars community that 
that I think is great. Well, brother, oh. we're we're towards the end here, and usually I ask folks if they want to plug something, but I know you don't really have anything Star Wars you plug. So I don't know. You got anything you want to plug? Uh, just I'll say one thing, and let me preference this by saying, listen, this is nothing against AFA. I'm not saying I don't like AFA or anything like that. I have tons of AFA graded figures in my collection, but for the people out there that are trying or want to try something new or looking for another alternative to AFA, CAS is out there now. And, you know, CAS didn't ask me to do this plug. They don't even know I'm doing it. But Ross and Ken and those guys at CAS were so nice to me. Um, they used to be here in Pennsylvania. They moved down to Florida. Um, once I found out they were moving, there had been a couple items I'd been meaning to take down to them. I just had never got around to it. And I talked to Russ and I talked to Ken. And I was like, listen, I have these items. I don't want to put them through the mail. Is there any way I can meet with you guys? I know you're going to Florida. I'm really sorry about this. And Ken was like, you know what, Eric? Just come down over this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're going to be packing up the last of the boxes. Bring the items in. I'll, I'll, I'll go through everything with you. And I'll personally hand deliver them down to, to Florida myself. And that's what I did. I went over on a Friday afternoon. Ken was in the uh, warehouse working, packing up the stuff. He just stopped whatever he was doing, took me into his old office. We sat down. We we put together all the paperwork. He asked me all, a, whole, a whole bunch of questions, asked me what I wanted, listened to my feedback. And then he personally took those items down for me. And, you know, it's just customer service like that that, that really hits a home run for me. And just the one thing that I really like that they do – is I really like the way that they grade their loose figures with the gun there on the side instead of on the vertical uh, piece of acrylic where so it can be displayed and seen. I agree. Um, I, agree. I really think that's great. Um, but they like got I that said, vacuum yeah. pack machine too that I think is really cool for the weapons. Yes, I love it. I mean, it looks mm. great. It displays well. But again, you know, nothing against AFA, nothing against people that just like loose. I have that too, you know, and, and – don't are against grading i'm just trying to say hey there's another avenue out there other than afa with cas i think they do a great job i think they do a great job of uh, putting the stuff in acrylic and displaying it uh i like the way they grade uh and then also their turnaround time right now can't be beat so again you know just a little plug not not being paid by CAS or not being getting everything to do it. It's just something that, you know, just to share out there amongst the community. Hey, look, if you're looking for another alternative to AFA, CAS may be for you. There's competition yeah. now. And competition right. is always good. It keeps everybody honest and it keeps everybody working harder to do better, which is very I, I agree. I agree. And I know we've talked before, but, you know, when you – get your two boxes back from CSA and AFA and do your side-by-side -side comp comparison. I'll be really interested to see that. Yeah. Well, what I'm going to do, we'll fill the listeners in. Uh, what I'm going to do is I, well, I'm already doing it. I sent off two big boxes. I sent one off to CAS and one off to AFA. Now I've been an AFA platinum member for years. Um, that means you pay them 300 bucks a year and they make your stuff come back quicker. Uh, something like that. I think you save like $2 <laughs> per item too. But um, anyway, I've been a platinum member for years. So I, I, I believe me, I use AFA. I have no problems with AFA. I think they do a good job. I think they're overworked and they may need to hire more people. 
but I don't know. I don't know the inner workings. I just, as Eric was saying, the turnaround times for AFA seem to be substantially longer no matter what kind of membership you pay for. Um, so I sent them both off. I sent off a big box to AFA, big box to CAS, and then when they come back, I am going to do a podcast or go live or do both or something um, to show the differences in between the two um, and do a completely unbiased review. Because even though I like Ross and even though I like the guys over at CAS and I think they're good guys, I think the people at AFA are good guys. And I uh, like Marcy and the officer. She's a great lady. I've also reached out to both CAS and AFA to uh, get them to come on the podcast for an interview. Um, Ross has said he will come on a podcast, so that's cool. Um, AFA has not answered back, but I know they're out at the uh, Comic-Con out there in uh, San Diego right now. So, uh when they come back, hopefully I'll get an answer there. But I'm going to try to have them on, and we're going to try to go into it and see what the real differences is, are what the real differences are between the two grading companies. Now, I'm not saying you have to get stuff graded. Shoot, I have tons of stuff ungraded. I love ungraded stuff as well as graded stuff. There's certain items you go and get graded. Like Eric was saying, uh, the Darth Vader, right? Yeah. Yeah, That's I, something... I got... I was just going to say, yeah, I got my DT Vader graded. I mean, I had it for what the last year and a half, two years ungraded, but it was just something that I wanted to get graded more just for the protection. Yeah. You know, like I said, I have a three-year-old son. If he would ever come into the room unattended and knock something off, off a shelf, you know, I'd hate to see something happen to it. So something like that, I do it more for the protection. Um, you know, it's nice too, when you have something like that, because, you know, if you ever want to resell it, not that I am, the buyer knows, hey, look, this has been professionally graded. You know, this is the real deal. You don't have to worry about repo or any of that other kind of stuff. Yep. And also it makes it easier. I like it personally for the in case one day factor. Like in case I something happens to me or in case, you know, if anybody ends up with stuff that's got a label on it, it's a right. heck of a lot easier for a non-Star Wars nerd to sell in the future. You know Correct. what I mean? yeah. Yeah, and very good uh, point. with how horrible I am at actually selling things, I I, I certainly expect <laughs> to be left with quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect, brother. Well, just one very last thing, and then I will let you go. Actually, I want to sure. throw this out here for the listeners. Um, just in case you didn't know, uh, I'm just starting doing this new podcast, so I'm not very good at podcasting things or apps or anything like that. Um, Eric has been kind enough. This is the third time he is trying to record with me. Um, unfortunately, I keep using different questions and stuff, so he has to keep using his brain. But uh, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, this one, I promise, is recording. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, you know what, Mike? It's, it's been my pleasure to be on your podcast uh, it's always been like maybe a little bucket thing of mine to be on like some type of Star Wars podcast. So I was more than happy to do this with you. Um, yeah, I can't I believe you haven't been, this, man. With uh, all the stuff know, you have, it's insane that no one's had you on a podcast. No, that's, you know, you know, I don't know. But I just, you know, I almost feel like, you know, now that we've done this three times, I almost feel like I'm a co-host yet no one's even heard me. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that, I really appreciate. It. Thanks for having me on. I, you know, if you ever want me to come on again or whatever, I'd love to be on. But no, I've I've had a blast all three times. I always will. And we were kicking around. If I could ever figure out how to get three people on one episode, we'll do a uh, family kind of thing with you, me, and Chris there. So oh, that that would be great. It'd be I'd fun. Love to do I don't that. know how to do two people yet, so we'll go slow. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, the very last thing, brother, and then I'll let you go, is the IC Star Wars Pearl of Wisdom. Uh, Since IC Star Wars will be focused on vintage Star Wars items, and our guests like you will have some of the most they'll be the most knowledgeable collectors around. um, I want to make sure I have every single guest at the very end give at least one collecting tip. It can be anything from what to hunt for in the wild to all the known variations of Luke Skywalker. So, do you have anything for your IC Pearl of Wisdom? Yeah, so, you know, being the second episode, I've got two of them for you. Cool. Uh, first first one is collect what you love. I know we, we talked about before you had brought it up, but realistically, don't worry about how your collection compares to somebody else's. Collect what you love and what you like. I mean, look at a guy like Bill McBride. All he collects is Vader, right? He's got a lot of Vaders. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what he loves. Yep. You know? Um and then secondly, and, and we've talked about this all over the podcast, but it, it's really about the community of Star Wars and especially the people on the IC and the other forums. Great communities. You know, treat people with respect. Treat people with the way that you'd like to be, be treated. Never be afraid to ask a question. The only question, the only stupid question is the question not asked. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. one expects you to be the expert on everything. And so much research has been done. And there's so much information out there, and sometimes it's it's hard to wrap your, your brain around it all. So don't be afraid to ask questions and just treat everybody fairly. Treat everybody how you'd like to be treated, and it'll come around back at you, and you'll see your collection grow and grow over the years. I love it, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on this second episode of IC Star Wars, and I really appreciate you coming on. Three hey, times. No- <laughs> No, hey Mike, my pleasure. Thanks again for having me. Um, take care, everybody. Uh, everyone that's listening, thanks for sticking with us, and I appreciate it. And Mike, take care, buddy. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye bye. The second episode is in the books. Make sure to check out www.imperialcommissary.com for everything involving the Imperial Commissary. All the subgroup links are there. Any way to contact me is there. Also, you can check us out on Instagram, The Imperial Commissary. Also, you can check me out on Twitter, IC Star Wars Podcast, ICSW Podcast. Also, I want to talk to you about the IC Meetup in Cincinnati. It's going to be on September 30th. It's up there in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, Sharonville. Ohio. There will be a toy show next door the day after. If you uh, click on the events at the top of the IC, you can find it there. There are already 44 people that are signed up confirmed going. We have a bunch of rooms that I've set aside so you get an IC discount. All the links, all the information, everything like that is under events on the IC. Okay, and uh, that's it. So episode two, it's all done. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for all the feedback last week. Please, if you have any feedback, it's very, very welcome. Just uh, shoot me an email directly at icswpodcast at gmail.com. That's icswpodcast at gmail.com. With your reviews, good, bad, or otherwise, tell me how it's doing. Please rate IC Podcast on iTunes. Rate it on I don't know, Android apps. I have no idea how you rate a podcast, but uh, go ahead and do that for me. If you know how, please do. Um, Also, thank you very much to Eric for coming on. Thank you for sharing all that great info. And uh, I'll see you guys next time on the next IC Star Wars, a podcast by collectors for collectors. (laughs) 